You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So against such things there is no law. Psalm 91 verse 4. He will cover you with his opinions and under his wings you will take refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your buckler. My goodness. If we would only take those into our lives and realize that God is ever, ever, ever faithful. Ever faithful. Always faithful. Have you ever felt like everyone or everything is conspiring against you? You may feel as if circumstances are against you, but you keep on going. Do you understand how to keep going? In today's message, Pastor Dave tells you how faith in Jesus is your shield against the enemy's plans for your life and your ability to get through each day. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 as he continues his message, Man of Faith. Here's what he has to say. Let's look at five through eight. And I said to the king, if it pleases the king, he knows how to talk to the king. Lord, live forever. And if it pleases you, I like that. And if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, how long will your journey be? And when will you return? Very good questions, interesting questions. So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river, that they must permit me to pass through till I come to Judah, and a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me the timber to make the beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple for the city wall and for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of my God. Upon me. Wow. Here's this beautiful setup. And that's exactly what it was. It was a setup. It was a setup by God. Look at the contrast here. This, I, you know me, I always go off on the tangents. Look at the contrast here between going to an earthly throne, this time it happens to be Artaxerxes, and going to the heavenly throne. Nehemiah had to wait for an invitation to address the king. What's wrong? What do you want? And then he shared his burden. According to Hebrews 4, 14, and 16, we can come anytime to the throne of grace. We can come anytime to the throne of grace. And he adds boldly and ask what we need in a time of need. There's a huge difference there. Artaxerxes saw that Nehemiah's countenance was sad. But the Lord looks upon your heart. He knows our sadness. He knows our sorrows. He feels each one of your sorrows and your pain, and he takes it personally. 
He knows what's going into your life right now. He knows what you're struggling with, what you're dealing with. He knows your joy. He knows your sadness. He knows your sorrows. He knows your hurts. He knows all those things that are running around in your head. He, and he knows that because he looks upon your heart and he sees that and he identifies with you. And he wants you to know that he loves you and he feels each one of your sadnesses. He feels each one of your sorrow. He knows that. Moses goes to the burning bush and he accuses the Lord. Have you not seen their affliction? Don't you know their sorrow and what's going on? And the Lord retort was, "I yes, I've seen their affliction. I've heard their cries and I know their sorrow. God knows. God knows what you're dealing with. Come to him. How wonderful that we can go to God at any time, 24-7, and lay our burdens at his feet. How wonderful. Do you do that? Do you go to him and lay your burdens at your feet? Ah, that's just too minor. No, no, no. There's nothing too small that God can't handle, and there's nothing too large that God can't handle. You have to present it to him. He's going to receive them, and then he's going to do everything according to his purpose and his will in your life. Peter? Cast your cares on him, for he cares for you. How simple can it get? Because of his great, awesome, and wonderful care for you as his child, you then can get to cast your cares on the creator of the universe, on the most holy God. Wow. Did you ever think about that? Nehemiah was ready to give an answer to the king. And as soon as the king asked, Nehemiah knew. Once the king asked, Nehemiah knew, my prayers have been answered. My prayers have been answered. The king's asking for this. Now I know I have favor with the king. So Nehemiah reveals his intentions for him. Why? Because Nehemiah had a plan. He had a plan. He knew what he wanted to do, and he worked it all out because he knew once he went to the king, he couldn't just say, I want to go to Jerusalem. The king was going to gasp, how are you going to get there? What are you going to do? And he had a plan. He had everything worked out. He was doing this during these four months. As I said, God was preparing him. He was listening to God. He was hearing him as he prayed. He would listen to God. And so often, folks, we pray and pray and pray and pray. And it's a wonderful thing. But then do you stop and listen? After you've prayed, are you still? And listen to him for his voice so that he would speak to you. Oh, so important. So important. So important. He asked the king, I need authority to govern. I just can't go out there without the authority to govern. And he asked for letters to be written guaranteeing his passage. Guaranteeing his passage. When Jesus sent the disciples out to minister to people, the first thing he gave them, authority. He gave them authority. I'm sending you out in my name. They had authority. They had the authority they needed to do what he was called to do and to complete the job. Fast forward that. You can see that in Matthew 10, verses 1 to 5. We too, now, as we go out and work for the Lord, according to Matthew 28, the Great Commission, what do we have? His authority. He has given us his authority to go out and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, making disciples. We too don't have to be afraid 
What's important here is to do what the Lord asked you to do and to go where the Lord asked you to go. Don't be afraid of where he's asking you to go. If he asks you to go someplace, he will provide all the necessary means, all the necessary funds, and all the necessary way for you to get there. God, it does that. I have seen it happen in my own life many, many times. The king's response is evidence of one thing, the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. And he has this king, this Gentile king, doing his bidding. I love it. I love it. See, what we fail to realize is God not only works in our lives, in all our affairs, but he's working in every nation's of the world's lives and their affairs too. You think that God doesn't know what's happening in the Ukraine? You're mistaken. He knows exactly what's happening there. He has a plan. And his plan will come to fruition. And we need to be faithful and true to him and trust in him because he knows what he's doing. Trust me, gang. Father does know best. Don't know where that came from either, so that's okay. But God works. It's interesting here that God will work through believers, but he also will work through non-believers. Artaxerxes, a pagan, he's a Gentile. He's a Gentile king. Throughout scripture, we see this constantly. Pharaoh, God used Pharaoh mightily to let the people go. Cyrus, whom we studied in Ezra, let the people go. How about Caesar Augustus? God used him to do what? To sign a decree that what? All the world should be taxed, leading a small, young guy, we don't know how old he was, but a very, very young girl who was pregnant to Bethlehem. God is in control of all things. Then, of course, there were Romans in Paul's life who basically were used by God to keep the people in Jerusalem from tearing Paul apart. What did he do? Notice. Notice here. I love this. Never do you read any prophecies coming out of Nehemiah's mouth. He didn't do any signs and he didn't do any wonders. He just simply was faithful to God. Faithful to God, waiting, faithful to God in acting on what God had told him to do. He was faithful to do what the Lord had absolutely called him to do. And he was going to prepare a city, the same city that would welcome the Messiah. The same city that would welcome the Messiah. We just celebrated over three weeks ago called Palm Sunday. Because we're going to end here in this chapter, because we need to speak of Daniel's prophecy. This chapter glows for Daniel's prophecy. Remember, Nehemiah is asking for what? Letters. He's asking for letters to go forth and do this thing. And in Daniel 9, we're going to look at that. This was the day that Artaxerxes gave the commandment to Nehemiah to go to Jerusalem and oversee the building of the city. It is a significant date. Almost a hundred years before this, the angel Gabriel had come to Daniel the prophet and told him the very day that the Messiah would come to earth. He told Daniel that from the time the commandment went forth to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, it would be 69 seven-year periods or 483 years until the coming of the Messiah prince. 
Daniel 24 says, 77s are determined upon your people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make the ends of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring an everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand. The Lord wanted us to understand this prophecy. In Matthew 24, Jesus quotes his very prophecy. It says, he that reads it, let him understand. This is perhaps one of the absolute most important prophecies in the book. When the prophecy goes on, from the time the commandment is given to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the coming prince, the Messiah, shall be 77s and 62 sevens. Seven sevens and sixty-two sevens equals sixty-nine. The streets shall be built again. The walls, everything is going to be built up in this tumultuous time. We'll find out as we go through this book. But after sixty-two sevens, the Messiah is going to be cut off. He's going to be cut off, but not for himself, but for the people of the prince that shall come to destroy the city and sanctuary. This happened in A.D. 70 when Titus sent the Romans in there and they destroyed Jerusalem. As a result, there would be a dispersion of the people and to the end, wars and desolations as determined. This day is the day prophesied by Daniel. The day of the commandment went forth to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Chapter 2, verse 8. Chapter 2, verse 8, when that command went forth. Give me letters. Give me letters. It was the time of Nisan, which is early, mid-March. They're assuming it's around March 14th, 445 B.C. For the word of the Lord to be relied or to be applied to Messiah would show up in 483 years. In 536, Cyrus, the king of Persia, gave the command to rebuild the temple. 69 years later, in 457, Artaxerxes gave to Ezra and a group to freedom to return to Jerusalem and worship and to set up government. And some 12 years later, in the month of Nisan, on March 15th, the year 445 CC, we just read it, Nehemiah receives a command to restore and rebuild the city walls here in chapter 2. It's hugely, hugely important. Why is this date important? 173,880 days later, to the very day, Jesus came into Jerusalem. We celebrate it two weeks, three weeks ago, called Palm Sunday. Do you see how important this little piece was? Do you see what God had set up and used Nehemiah to accomplish? Do you see how it was all set up? All I see here is the faithfulness of God. Faithfulness to his word. Faithfulness to his people. Faithfulness to all who are around him. Talk about the faithfulness of God. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, But if the Lord is faithful, he will establish you and guard you against the evil one. 1 John 1.9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Deuteronomy 7.9, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love for those who love him and keep his covenants to a thousand generations. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Numbers 23.19, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and, and will he not do it? 
Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Are you getting a hint here? Are you beginning to see a, a parallel and a commonality about all these scriptures that I'm trying to show you? Are you seeing God's faithfulness in the midst of it? Lamentations 3, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is what? His faithfulness. Psalm 33, 4, for the Lord, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. Psalm 86, 15, but you, O Lord, are a God of mercy and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 23, new every morning, great is your faithfulness. We read that. Philippians 1, 6, and I am confident in this one thing that he who began a work in you will complete it in the day of Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5, once again, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. Psalm 119, your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. Hebrews 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive when she was past her age. And since she considered him faithful, who had promised. Isaiah 25, 1, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. Deuteronomy 32, 4, the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. Malachi 3, 6, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Forever would come near him, must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who diligently seek him. Romans 3, 3, what if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? Proverbs 28, a faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will go on, will not go unpunished. Psalm 89.2, for I said, steadfast love will be built up forever in the heavens. You will establish what? Your faithfulness. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So against such things there is no law. Psalm 91 verse 4, he will cover you with his opinions and under his wings you will take refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your buckler. My goodness. If we would only take those into our lives and realize that God is ever, ever, ever faithful. Ever faithful. Always faithful. He was faithful to Nehemiah. He was faithful to the whole world through Nehemiah. He kept his promises. He kept his prophecy that he gave to Daniel. Everything came true. We read several times in scripture that not one word, not one word failed to come true when God had made a promise. I'm paraphrasing. Come on. What's troubling you today? Can God not handle it? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. He is quite able to handle anything that concerns you today. Quite able. And, I might add, willing. Willing to accomplish whatever concerns you today. If we would but 
pray to him and open up our hearts to him and receive for him whatever it is that he has for us. He has something for each of you. He has a gift that he would like to share with each of you so that you could share with the congregation. He has things that he wants to do in your lives even still. God is not through with you yet. How can I say that? You're here. If God was through you, you'd be out of here. You'd be gone. God's not through with any one of you. He might even be just beginning with some of you. He's not near through. I know the plans I have for you. They're not evil, but they're plans to give you a future and a hope. Again, paraphrasing. God is faithful. We serve a faithful God. And we really need to take that to heart and know that when we cry out to him, you're not crying out to thin air. You're crying out to a God who sees, who knows, but you have to believe. This is what I see in Nehemiah. This is what I see in Nehemiah. Nehemiah is going to run into a bunch of trouble. He's going to run into a whole bunch of trouble. As we're going to continue next week, as we pick up in chapter 2, verse 11, Nehemiah is going to be faithful to challenge those who challenge him. He's going to be faithful to come back at them because of God in him and using him. Do you realize you have the Holy Spirit within you? Do you realize you can ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to give you the power that you need to be his witnesses? Do you realize what you have given? You have been given so much more than Nehemiah. So much more than the Old Testament prophets. So much more. Because the Holy Spirit will never leave you. The Holy Spirit comes in your life and he is there forever. That's what the scripture says. These guys in the Old Testament had the Holy Spirit come to them and then they might depart from them. And God would use them mightily and he used all of them mightily. Look what he's doing here. Look what we're seeing here. He's setting up all the way back then. He is setting up for the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's just an afterthought. Really? Go through and read this book. It's not an afterthought at all. God knew all along what he was doing and how it was going to accomplish it. Amen? So the next time you think he can't act in your life, think again. Please, think again. That he wants to act in your life. He wants to do those things in your life. Delight yourself in him, and he will give to you what? Your heart's desires. Your heart's desires. Does it mean the Mercedes you've always wanted? But it means more of him and more joy in your heart. Amen? Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this time we had in your word. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that you're ever so faithful for us, Lord Jesus. Oh, what a blessing you are, Lord. When we are weak, you stand strong. When we don't know where we're going, you hold us and carry us, Father God. When we're struggling, you're right there in our midst, comforting us and guiding us and leading us. Oh, Lord, give us eyes to hear. Eyes to hear. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see your love, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Help us to be still and know that you are God. Help us to know that you're working mightily in our lives and in the lives of those we've prayed for, Father God. Give us the confidence that we need, Father God, and that comes through your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit fall upon this place with power. May your Holy Spirit do a mighty work in each of our hearts, Father God, drawing us ever closer to you, Father God. Oh, Lord, we love you and we thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for joining us today for A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Pastor Dave has been digging into the book of Nehemiah. This book chronicles the adventures of Nehemiah as he goes from being a cupbearer to a foreign king to leading people as they rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. When he hears about the city lying in ruins, vulnerable to the world around it, Nehemiah was troubled and he prayed. When his moment came with the king offering him anything he wanted, Nehemiah knew first to run to the Lord in prayer. No matter who was on the throne in the world, Nehemiah knew that God remains on the throne of heaven and he maintains control over all of it. What's troubling your heart today? All you need to do is remember that God is God over all. Take your troubles to him today. Here at Assure Hope, we would love to bring you to the Lord in prayer as well. Give us a call at 609-884-5821 and share your prayer requests with us. Once again, that number is 609-884-5821. We look forward to your call. Assure Hope is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Are you in the area? We'd love to see you this Sunday. Head on over to AssureHopeRadio.com to find our location and service times. Once again, that website is AssureHopeRadio.com. Well, that's all we have for now. We're so glad you decided to spend time with us here today. We'll be back soon with more right here on Assure Hope.